you're like, man, it's not his night tonight. And you look up and you're like, he had 27 and 8 with 5 assists and 2 blocks. What happened? He's just one of those guys. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are going to look back on Tuesday's games. We are going to preview Wednesday's nine game slate as well. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it. Indeed, let's start with the first game of the night, and this wasn't really much of a contest at all. The Indiana Pacers smashed the Hornets 119-80. to Charlotte uh, weirdly rested Devontae Graham. They said that you know too much of a load on him, and he'd been struggling. Yeah, he'd been struggling. He'd been absolutely atrocious, so maybe he did need this game off. They are on the first game of a back-to-back, and I'd imagine Graham comes back for tomorrow's game. But he was out, so Malik Monk started. Things did not go well for Monk or this entire team. The Hornets shot 33% from the field as a team. That is horrible. Monk had eight points in 27 minutes on 31% shooting. He is, I think, a 12-team league guy, while Terry Rozier's nightmare continued. Five points on 15% shooting. Remember at the start of the year, and I said this is one of the worst contracts. He's horrible. And he started to play okay. Well, oh, maybe, yeah, I didn't say the contract was ever good, and it was never a good move by Charlotte, but he has been horrendous the last couple of weeks. He is not a starting level point guard or shooting guard in the NBA. Now, he did have seven assists here, and I am still holding him in most scenarios, but he was trash. Paul Washington had nine points with three rebounds and three threes. This is what I talk about with him. He has these big games, and it's like, man, look at this from Washington. So good. Ah, unbelievable. And then he has these shit ones, and that's why he is only the 134th ranked player this season because of the wild inconsistencies, which happen with rookies all the time. Big game from uh, the Martin brothers. Cody Martin, 9-6 with 3 assists and 2 steals. And Caleb Martin, 11-3-2 with 3 threes. Now, Cody Martin's the better of those two guys, and he's probably more likely to be a rotation player. And he can be one of those like a Kyle Anderson, a Nick Batum player who can contribute right across the board. So he's a name to watch in deeper leagues. While Caleb has done okay here, as has Jalen McDaniels, who got another 2 steals in 19 minutes. This game was that much of a blowout that someone called Joe Cheely played 16 minutes. Now, he had a Tony Snell. No, he didn't actually. He had three steals, but it was a pretty good night. While Miles Bridges is the only player actually who's consistent for Charlotte at the moment. 17 and 6 with two. That's not fair, actually. Terry Rogier is consistent. He's consistently bad. Miles Bridges, 17 and 6 with two triples, and he needs to be. Uh, on a 12-team league roster as his second half of the season has been significantly better than the beginning. Now, for the Pacers, no Victor Oladipo, of course, no Jeremy Lamb. So, DeMontis Sabonis had another big one, 21, 15, and 9, while Miles Turner... Now, this line would look pretty shit if it wasn't for the eight blocks. He shot two of nine from the field, six points, two steals. Well, actually, no, two steals is pretty good. Ten rebounds, that's great for him. Those eight blocks really got it going. And he's one of the reasons why he's so far down rankings this season is because of the lack of blocks, something I talked about so significantly. or so, I didn't talk about it significantly because I'm not that significant, but I talked about it so often in the offseason is if those blocks come down, even by half a block a game, then he's going to be a 30-40 rank drop guy. And that's sort of exactly what happened. But of course, getting these eight blocks here, which may be in your fantasy playoffs, is marvelous. With Lamb and Oladipo out, Justin Holiday had 16 points, but it's keen, It's important to note here, the Holiday's minutes didn't really change. 
Yes, it was a blowout, so maybe he would have played more, but only 23 minutes. He had 16 points, and his usage is what spiked. He had three assists, two steals, and a block. I still look at Justin Holiday as an, a steals-type streamer while his brother started. Nine points in 30 minutes for Aaron Holiday, three assists. And like I said, I don't think that Aaron Holiday is a 12-team league guy either. He was out of the rotation, and he just likely comes in when everyone's ready to go and just takes Lamb's 24 minutes, and that doesn't make him a 12-team league player, in my opinion. Timothy John McConnell was pretty bad, 2, 3, and 6 in his 21 minutes, while Brogdon uh, got things going, 15, 6, and 7. Helps when they shoot 57%, and then again, as, as I said, your opponent shoots 33%, which is exactly what happened in this matchup. The next game, the Milwaukee Bucks on a back-to-back after an overtime go to Toronto and they beat them 108-97. This team is so, so good. Yanni played 38 minutes because the Raptors were keeping it pretty tight, but Yanni 19-19 and with eight assists and three blocks and Brooke Lopez returned to have 15 points with five blocks in his 28 minutes. Big games despite not shooting well from both of those guys. While Middleton, he continues to shoot unbelievably, 22-8 and eight and Bledsoe another big game, 17-7-4. Outside of them, it was just really much of the same. The big ragu got his two steals, Dante DiVincenzo. He's a fine steal streamer for 12-team leagues, but not a must roster. Marvin Williams, as I think I expected, he overtook Ursan Ilyasova, and he was in the rotation there as Ilyasova was a DNPCD, while Robin Lopez went back to the bench and played 14 minutes with his brother back starting. For the Raptors, um, the Jedi, OG Ananobi. Hello there. 11 and 5 with two steals and two threes. He's a steals streamer guy, not a must roster player. While uh, Siakam had 22 and 6 on some pretty poor shooting. The water boy Chris Boucher looked great here, especially it helped because Serge Ibaka was bad. 10 and 7 for Boucher in 19 minutes with a block, while Ibaka was 5 and 5 in 29 minutes on a horrendous 13% shooting, and he was minus 17. He was very, very bad. Ibaka is going to be a drop, I believe, once Marcus Sol returns. Van Vliet had 14 points, Lowry 10, 4 and 6. And those guys just shot horribly. In fact, this game was just a bad, bad shooting game in general. 35% for the Raptors, 38% for the Bucks. Just horrible shooting from both of these teams, especially uh, two-point range, was, uh, which was uh, decidedly poor from both squads. Let's go on to the next game now. This one was a, a bit of a wild game. Uh, big variations. The Thunder get the victory over the Bulls in the end. The Bulls had a huge comeback in the third. OKC wins on the road, 124-122. Steven Adams' strong run continues. 16-9 and with three steals and three blocks. And over the last week, he is the 10th-ranked player those blocks and steals and that sort of volume isn't going to stick, but he's doing other things as well. He's on a real hot streak. He's probably a bit of a sell high, but let's hope he can keep this going. Gilgis Alexander, 21 and 10 with two blocks and Schroeder had 21, two and five while the Italian cock Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! His last couple of games have been not that great, but 24 points here. He was on fire early. Terry Ferguson dropped in 11 points. That's always uh... a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Uh, I don't think we count on that, obviously. Well, Lugan Stort went scoreless in his 24 minutes. Just a very big portion of a lot of the same for the Thunder. Now, for the Bulls, it was a lot of the same because Kobe White apparently is the best player in the NBA. 35 points. That's three consecutive 30-pointers from Kobe White. 33 minutes, six triples, seven rebounds, three assists. Now, one thing we know about Kobe White and we knew about Kobe White coming into this season is he is not afraid to shoot and he will take a lot of shots. One thing we knew about him at the start of the season is those shots won't go in. But over the last three games, they have gone in at a ridiculous rate. 62% shooting here, 67% from three. Now, he still has that problem where he lacks in the peripherals. Three assists, zero steals, zero blocks. And I think that's going to be a real issue for him moving forward in his fantasy and NBA career. 
and he's not going to shoot this well. I can 100% guarantee you. But for now, we roster him, and let's just see what happens. You might even get a crazy trade offer for Kobe White. He should be on 12-team rosters, but this will cool off. I guarantee you it will cool off. It, it cannot continue like this. It's impossible for it to continue like this. He is not this good of a shooter. There will be cold streaks, but I think the minutes will stick. Levine was also great, 41-5-4 and four for, uh, for Zach, while Big Shaq Harrison. Big Shaq. He had 11 points, three rebounds, and two steals, and two blocks. So getting it done defensively, of course. We no Wendell Carter, no Larry Markin, and no Otto Porter, no Chandler Hutchison, no Denzel Valentine, no Luke Cornett. And I'm not even including Chris Dunn in that list because he won't be back this season. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to change with this squad. And that's going to have an impact on White as well. Felicio played 33 minutes because Dan Gafford got into foul trouble. Six and nine for Felicio. Not even going to be a rotation player most nights. While Gafford, six points in 14 minutes and cannot stay out of foul trouble. Archer Jackano played 18 minutes as a starter. While Sadoransky, 10-5 and seven. I don't think Thomas is going to last as a must-roster guy all season when everyone comes back, but for now, he does have that 12-team value. It's interesting to see exactly what they do in that rotation once those other players uh, end up eventually returning at some point. The next game was a blowout. The Nuggets beat the Pistons 115-98. Dwayne Casey made a smart choice. Christian Wood went back into the starting lineup, but then he took Sekou Dumbayar out and put John Henson in. Like This is not a hard, uh, a, a, it's not a hard equation to work out. Start Christian Wood, start Siku, your potential front court of the future, easy. John Henson's not that guy. Thon McCare is obviously not that guy. Um, I, I just don't get it. As for Thon, he went from starting to playing six minutes. As I've, I've said along the, the way, I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. He's a clear 12 drop. He's probably a 14-team league drop as well. While uh, John Henson played 21 minutes, he had a block. He's a, he's a block streamer, but really, he, he can't do a huge amount else. I don't think you have the facilities for that big man. Exactly. Tone Snell had seven assists, so I don't know what the hell was going on in this game. While Derek Rose had 20 points. As for the Crucifix, 20 and 10 with a steal and a block. While Brandon Knight played 25 minutes. And you know, talk about developing the young blokes. 25 minutes for Knight, 25 minutes for Galloway. It's always awesome when that happens. Now, there was no Luke Kennard. There was no um, Bruce Brown in this one either. The Duck and the Shark were both out, so we got those extra minutes for Knight and Galloway. Didn't matter. They still got smacked. Um... I, I, Dwayne Casey's a terrible coach and these decisions don't make much sense. Short term though, Knight does have some deeper league streaming value. McKay Luke was poor in this one, six points in his 17 minutes. We also got 15 minutes of Dante Hall, uh, who is, is a player now. I thought he looked okay out there. There is some deeper league dynasty stash value in him. While Kyrie Thomas has been out since October, he returned. He didn't do too much. He's been a real disappointment in his NBA career, but three points in 14 minutes. It's just good to see him on the court. While Siku Dumboya was bad again. Three points in 18 minutes. He has really Really, really struggled so far after that little hot streak when he moved into the starting lineup. Uh, he has uh, he has struggled since then significantly. For the Nuggets, this was a pretty easy win in the end. Uh, big Chungus, Nikola Jokic, only 28 minutes, 16-5-4, while Jeremy Grant got 29. He had 29 points on 80% shooting. That cannot stick. Extra minutes in the blowout. Don't read too much into this from Grant. Millsap only the 19 minutes is like in-game resting. Nine points for him. I still think he is more of a 12-team league than Grant, but he's a fringe guy. While Michael Porter Jr. got back on track, fantastic. 13 and 8, but most importantly, yes, the, the 67% shooting is not real, but he played 22 minutes and he took all of Tory Craig's minutes, which is what he should have been doing. So that's encouraging. He's back on the menu as a 14-team league guy. Well, we're getting 26 minutes out of Monty Morris again. He's playing better than Will Barton and he's putting up good numbers. 8, 2, and 5. He's a great assist streamer. Monty, he also had three steals here. I'm not dropping Barton yet, but man, it's rough at the moment. Five points in 29 minutes. He had three assists and two steals, but he's just as likely to go on a run 
where he has 17 a night with five and five each night. Like he can do that. So I think he's still a 12 team hold. Gaz Harris looked better out there, looked more active, but it's not translating into fantasy numbers. No! Nine, three, and three for Harris, and you can leave him for the 14 and 16 team league formats. All right, on to the next one. We look at the Pelicans. They go down to the Lakers, 118-109. Brandon Ingram was big against his former team, 34-7-4, while Zion had 29-6. Big games from both of those guys. Drew Holiday struggled, 11 points on 26% shooting, but he did at least have the nine assists and two steals, while Lonzo Ball also struggled with his shot, 10 points on 36%. But again, like I talked about, I think yesterday's show or the day before, eight rebounds, eight assists for Lonzo, producing in those other categories. They went to a lot of Nicola Melli, here, 11 and 6 in his 27 minutes. He's providing some okay short term, yeah, 14, 16 team league stream value. Or oh, Derek Favors got into some foul trouble. It uh, wasn't a great matchup. He did end up with 24 minutes though, Favors, 8 and 3 with a steal and a block. He is looking like he's a definite 10 team drop and he's looking like a 12 team drop. Well, JJ Reddick still remarkably high roster percentage, ridiculously high. He had three points in uh, 20 minutes. He should not be a 12 team league guy, Reddick. He's just rostered in far too many leagues here. The four Jolly Local four minutes did not go well. He got into those minutes with uh, favors in some foul trouble. For the Lakers. He roasted the Pelicans, 40 points in 34 minutes, 8 rebounds and 6 assists, while Tone Davis was really inefficient, 21 points on 29% shooting, but ended with 6 blocks and 14 rebounds. It was also a good Danny Green game. He did have to go to the locker room early with an eyelid laceration, but returned to play 31 minutes, 17 points with 5 triples, 4 assists, 2 steals and a block. Big game uh, from Green. He's still more of that 14-team league to 16-team league guy. There is reports that the Lakers are going to be meeting with Dion Waiters. I don't really think Waiters is going to be a fantasy option, but they could very easily remove someone like Avery Bradley from this rotation. He was 0 of 8 in 22 minutes, and he remains horrible, as does Rajon Rondo, 0 points in 12 minutes. Alex Caruso outplayed both of them. He only played 17 minutes, Caruso, but 8, 3, and 8 with two steals and a block, and not even from a fantasy point of view. He's just a significantly better player than both of those guys. Uh, any minutes that Rondo and Bradley play, they, they do tend to struggle in, especially uh, especially especially Rondo. Um, Waiters could take some of those minutes as well, but just outside of Davis and, and James, it's really hard to see anyone having fantasy value. Markeith Morris's first game, he basically took Kyle Kuzma's minutes. 14, uh, 15 minutes for Markeith. I said Marcus, did I? Four, 15 minutes for Markeith Morris, 12 minutes for Kyle Kuzma. You surely have dropped Kyle Kuzma literally everywhere. Uh, 12s, 14-team leagues. He still is rostered in far too many leagues. This what I talked about when the Markeith was signing. It's going to push Kuzma to allegedly his more natural position. There's just not enough minutes there for him to have any sort of relevance, and that is a disaster for him. Just the 12 minutes here. He's been bad all season, and uh, maybe it's getting worse. We'll see what happens if Waiters ends up signing, because that could be even a worse scenario for Kuzma. But we're all well aware that he is a 12-team non-factor and 14-team non-factor as well. The future MVP, of course. Boston and Portland, 118. Boston, Portland, 106. Jason Tatum, unbelievable. 36 points on 64% shooting. He won't be that good, but his ability to up his usage and his efficiency has really turned around. Now, he didn't take a single free throw here, and that's a concern. There is a little bit of a sell-high element in him, who's been uh, Tatum, who's been the fifth-best player post-All-Star break because this shooting has been unreal, but it's really strong. While well, uh, the, the high-fire Jalen Brown... JB, you've done it again. 24 and 7. Marcus Smart was good, 12 and 6 with two steals and four threes, while Vanilla Tice had some foul issues, but ended with 10 and 9. That's like one of his worst performances of late. He's a must roster 12 team league player. 
Gordon Haywood struggled uh, 12 and 5, just didn't really take any shots because it wasn't like they weren't going in. 71% shooting, just really deferring to Jason Tatum. While it was a good game from Brad Wanamaker, 13, 5 and 4. And while Kemba's out, Wanamaker at least yeah, pushes into like 16 team league discussions. For the Blazers, no Lillard, so McCullum had another big game, 28-4-10 with three blocks, and Trevor Ariza, his inconsistency is wild, like really good shooting night here, 17 points on 83% shooting, but it's all about the steals for him and the threes. He had two steals and two threes, and anything you get offensively is a bonus. It wasn't like his usage was high, he just hit five of six shots. Hassan Whiteside. The Eighteen and nineteen for Whiteside, pretty strong game. While Mallow had fourteen points again, he's not a must roster twelve teamer to me. While Gary Trent got three steals, and while Lillard is out, Trent is an interesting threes and steal streamer. But it's more for fourteen to sixteen team leagues. While the alleged Anthony Simons breakout, which I bought into, I thought maybe they'd play him twenty five a night, and they were talking him up like they'd never talked anybody up before. He has been really, really bad this season, and I worry for his future. He's a bit of a dynasty buy low, but he has been uh, trash for majority of this season, Simons unfortunately for him. All right, on to the last game of the night. The Kings get the easy win over the Warriors, 1-12-94 in the end. Um, some interesting uh, rotational decisions, I, I guess, for the uh, for the Kings in this one with uh, how they use Buddy Heald. Uh, Heald only played uh, the 25 minutes. He only played like 10 minutes in the first half. Look, came on strong at the end, 19 and 6 with five triples, but only 25 minutes for Heald. He can't do anything. We're not dropping him. I don't think we're necessarily trading him away, but it is obviously a worry as to what they're doing in terms of his playing time and his minutes and his role, in fact. While Bogdan Bogdanovich, 32 minutes, 17 points, Three assists and two steals. He's started to come on, and he's a definite 14-team league guy, Bogdan, uh, and he does have some 12-team value. Harry Giles is also creeping into that 14-team league area, 13-9 and nine in 24 minutes, while the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Nineteen points. That's great. Seventy-three percent shooting. Yeah, not gonna stick. One rebound, one assist, zero steals, zero blocks. You know what I think about Barnes. He is not a twelve-team league guy. They gave a ton of minutes to Kent Bazemore again. Thirty-one minutes for Baze, nine and eleven with two steals. He is an interesting steals streamer. While Jabari Parker once again out of the rotation. Nemanja Bielica also bad. One point on zero of five shooting. He's looking. He's looking at least like a ten-team drop. Definitely. Uh, looking like a twelve-team drop at this point, but not not a guaranteed one with how the using Bazemore, and then maybe the return of Bagley, maybe the return of Holmes. Alex Len was scoreless in his 15 minutes. For the Warriors, Marquise Chris missed the last game, came back, was great, 21-10, and 10, and then went to the locker room and never returned. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious. He is a 12-team league guy, while Damian Lee had 14-6 and six with four assists, but everything on this team is going to change on the weekend when Steph Curry returns. The triangle, Eric Pascal played a lot of minutes with Green out. Didn't do anything. Don't even worry about him in 12-team leagues. While Jordan Poole had 13 in 32 minutes, and he is probably also going to suffer a bit of a hit when Curry returns. This was Timberwolves, Andrew Wiggins. If I'm going to shit on uh, Harrison Barnes, Wiggins had 16 points with 0 threes, 0 rebounds, 1 assist, 0 steals, and 0 blocks. It was a bad, bad night for Wiggins, and that's two poor ones in a row. While my mate Juan Toscano-Anderson, another two steals. He is an excellent steal streamer. But you worry about what his role is going to be when Curry does return. And that's so much goes for this entire team as to how all that goes. The Lurican Kai Bowman, big minutes again. He'll just pretty much be out of the rotation. I imagine when uh, when Steph is back in action. Let's have a look 
Had some other news around the leagues. As I said, Steph is destined to return or likely to return on Sunday. There will be some low minutes, I would imagine. He'll have some games off, but it's not a lower body injury. So we don't have that sort of wear and tear, but I don't, he's not coming out playing 35 a night. Of course, he, he needs to be rostered. Well, Benny Simmons, bad news there. Reevaluated in two weeks. Woj is going to great lengths to make it known that he's not coming back in two weeks. This is a serious injury. I think if you are in a spot with no IR, you, you've got to consider Simmons a drop, depending on where you are in the playoffs. I think it's going to be mid-March until he returns, would be my guess, maybe even the end of March. It's, it is always context-dependent, but the news is not great here with this nerve impingement in his back. I would think I would think he misses all of March, personally. But again, we only know that two-week timetable, and then inferring that from uh, what Woj tweeted. Brandon Clark... He is out for the next at least two weeks again with a hip issue. He it looks like both just, uh, Jared try again Jaron Jackson Jr. and Justice Winslow are going to return before Clark. That means that Clark is a drop, uh, and Gorgie Jeng is is a must add player because of that. Ubre out with a knee injury for Wednesday's game. We talk about how his recent struggles. Um, maybe that knee's a problem there. While Rashawn Holmes uh, still doesn't hasn't practiced, still doesn't have a timetable to return. This the Kings injury reporting on this has been annoying. He, he did. Re- Return to practice and then re-aggravated it, it appears. And then they announced that it was a labral tear. It looks like we're looking at at least a couple more weeks for Holmes um, to be out here, unfortunately, for the Sacramento Kings. Again, dropping him, it really depends on where you sit in the standings. I think he's going to be good. If your playoffs don't start for another two weeks, I would hold just to see what happens. But we just don't know. There's a real risk that we just don't see him again this season. Let's look at some uh, at some DFS action now for Wednesday. All right, the first game up for Wednesday, the Brooklyn Nets at the Washington Wizards. Uh, Thomas Bryant rested last game for Washington. I assume he'll be back. There also could be a change at starting point guard for Washington. Scott Brooks hinted about it last game. Shabazz Napier might be in over Ish Smith, so that's something for us to look at. Davis Bertans also missed the last game. He is questionable at the moment with his right knee. Brooks didn't think it was anything serious, so you'd have to expect that he does return. Uh, looking at DraftKings pricing here, Spencer Dinwiddie, $8,000. Love the matchup for Dinwiddie. He's been in that high 30s most of the time, and I think he can push past 40 in a really positive matchup. While Napier's at 4700 It really, if we do hear that he's going to start, then I love that at that price. He dropped 47 in the overtime game uh, against the Bucks. He's not expected to do that every night, but he can easily be a 30-point guy, which would give us value. Uh, Karis Levert's at 7,500, also a really good floor player who, if the shots fall in, can smash that pretty comfortably. And then Smith's at 5,000. I'll take Napier over him at that uh, 4,700 price point. For your shooting guard, Smoke and Joe Harris, no thank you. Garrett Temple's at 44, who's been really a consistent cash guy, a high 20s points guy. Uh, not much upside in him, but I don't mind him as a, as a cash play. While Brad Beal's at 9,700, the last two games for Beal obviously have been fantastic, dropping uh, 50 real-life points in both of those games. At 9,700, though, it is a little bit high for me to expect Beal to drop another 50 on the Nets. He could obviously do it, but I think the expectation of doing that probably isn't the right way to go about it. At small forward, the artist formerly known as Torian Prince is at 4,600. He's not really doing anything good, so I don't think he's a, an option for us. Isaac Bonga, similarly. While at, uh, oh, I forgot to mention, Baby Neck Wilson Chandler is questionable in this one as well for personal reasons. If he is out, I'd expect uh, Rowdy Rodion's Kuroks to step into that role. For your big men, 
Um, we're looking at Jared Allen, whose last two games have been really good. He's at 5,300, and the matchup's a strong one for Allen. Probably more tournaments because the upsides always seems... Uh, sorry, well, the, there is always that problem with DeAndre Jordan there, but he can put up big numbers in limited minutes, and if for some reason he gets more playing time, then he'll smash that through. DeAndre Jordan, no thanks. The tank Tom Bryan at 41, really tough to trust him at this point. Rui Hachimura is at 5,900. Too expensive for Rui, while Flaming Mo Wagner at 4,500. He had a good 28-point performance last game, but that was because both Bryant and Bertans were out. As for, for uh, Bertans in this one, he's at 5,400. Yeah, that's not bad for Cash if we hear that he is uh, ready to go. But again, which we don't know that at this stage. Let's move on. Next game we take a look at is the Philadelphia 76ers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Sixers are seven and a half point favorites on the road. The Cavs just beat the Heat. The total is 220. Um, we know that Ben Simmons is out for quite a while with that back injury. I don't know if they'll go back to Al Horford starting. Will they start Shake Milton again? I imagine they will. Uh, what do they do at that small forward spot? Will Harris push up to power forward or will he play there with Horford? I think they will stick with Horford in that starting lineup. Uh, for your point guards... Alec Burks at 4,400, pretty bad from him last time. An interesting tournament guy, though. I don't think that that rotation load from the last game for Philadelphia is something that is necessarily going to happen every game. I think there will be some variation in that. All right, so let's look at the the point guards here. The other point guards here, Darius Garland, 4,700, playing quite well at the moment. That's a low price. I, I don't mind him. While the Padawan Colin Sexton, 6,300, maybe is a little bit too high in what is a, a negative matchup. Of course, the negative ease matchup for point guards does uh, drop off a little bit with Simmons out for Philadelphia, but I'm not that keen on Sexton here. Shake Milton's at 45. He had 26 points in that first game as a starter with Simmons out. I'm not massively into him at that price. There is some value there, of course, in, in what is a really strong matchup. Up, but only for tournaments. For your shooting guards, Joshie Richardson's at 5,200. Nobody will be rostering him, and I think it's a good opportunity to look at him as a tournament option. While Kevin Porter was a monster, 52 points against Miami. He's at 5,100. I think the minutes will be fine. Um, he won't be a 51-point guy. I'm pretty confident in that, but he can be. Uh, he can definitely be value at that sort of a price tag. Uh, Ferky from Turkey's at 4,300. I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like he is, is a guy that we're all that keen on as a DFS option. And then on to oh, Matisse Thibel. No, thank you. Small forwards. We've got Toby Harris at 7,500. Looks like a really good cash option to me. While Chetty Osman at 44 is not really going to do it. Glennie Robinson similarly. And the big man. This is where the real intrigue is. Al Horford, $5,000. I think that's not a bad cash play. He had 27 in that first game back in the starting lineup. And again, if I think if we hear he's starting, I think there's value. Uh, the big avocado, Andre Drummond, 7,700. Well, he just doesn't close games anymore, doesn't even get over 24 minutes. Now, this might be a game where he does do that. I'm not super confident in it, so I'm not definitely not spending 7,700 on him. While Embiid's at 10.5, he absolutely roasts Drummond. Uh, I think 10.5 for Embiid is a good price, despite it being a $1,000 price rise. He has been clowning people, and uh, Andre Drummond will get clowned once again. Kevin Love, 7,300. Played a lot of minutes in that overtime game against the Heat. He, if he plays, the minutes seem to be okay most nights, but there is a real risk in blowouts of him playing like 24 minutes, so he's not a DFS option. Tristan Thompson at 5,300, been putting up some really strong numbers. Limited upside, but strong numbers, while Larry Nance at 5,900. Really hard to use those guys, just with so much uncertainty with what Dickerstaff Dicker does in that, uh, in that front court, and we how he uses his rotations at this point. The next one we look at, the New York Knicks and the Charlotte Hornets. The Knicks are one and a half point favorites here on the road against the Hornets team that got absolutely uh, trucked 
by the Pacers on Tuesday. The total here is a very, very lowly 206 points. Alfred Payton's missed the last couple with an ankle injury, but he's been upgraded to probable while Frank Nilakina is doubtful. Last game, we had Dennis Smith with a really huge line with both uh, Nilakina and Payton out, so it'll be interesting to see exactly what they do there. I imagine Payton starts and Smith's not going to have that relevance. Devontae Graham sat out Tuesday's game because he had been absolutely horrible leading up into that. They said it was for rest and his usage and minute load was too high. I imagine he'll be back in the starting lineup, but he'll also probably be shooting poorly because he's been doing that all season. For your point guards, Malik Monk, 5,200, a disappointing performance for him against the Pacers. It's a little bit different going up against the Knicks, so I do like Monk to bounce back here. While Rogier at 58 has been pretty disastrous, uh, really more of a tournament guy, and same as Devontae at 6,700. That is that's probably too high, actually, for Devontae Graham. Rowan Barrett's at 6,000, a much better DFS player than he is a category league season-long guy. At $6,000, I don't mind him as a 30-point producer, especially up against the Hornets. Dennis Smith dropped that 44 last time out. It's really hard to see him getting enough minutes to do that again, or those seven steals again, so probably wouldn't want to look at that, while Peyton at 74 is too high for a bloke coming back from from an ankle problem. At shooting guard, Cody Martin's at 3,100. Big game from him against the Pacers, 25 points. Uh, it's, again, it's a hard one to trust, so I think I probably wouldn't want to trust it at this stage. And then we look at the small forwards. Miles Bridges at 6,000. He has been yeah, rock solid, really a 30-point guy almost every night. So I do like him as a cash option. for Mo Harkless, 32. He is starting. Uh, I don't really see the DFS value. Reggie Bullock off the bench as well. Uh, similar, don't care for him. PJ Washington, $5,000, really bad against uh, Indiana, but prior to that had been playing well. I think he's okay to use here. Uh, Cody Zeller at 43, I'd end up fading that, while Julius Randle at 84, big men have feasted on the Hornets all season. It could be an opportunity for Randle, who is a little bit overpriced, but this is the game where he could go above, so I, I like him as a tournament option, while Mitchie Robinson at 51, a great, great option, I believe, as long as he stays out of foul trouble, which is better, easier said than done, uh, he should smash 51. 100, but that puts him more into that tournament zone. While Punch Bob's at 4,200, and he's getting 24 a night over the last three Bobby Porters. They're playing him a lot more than Taj Gibson. If he gets 22, 23 points, it's not bad, but I just think there is a lot of downside risk in him. The next game uh, that we take a look at here. It is the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler is questionable. I I imagine he's ready to play. He's been practicing with the team for whatever personal issues caused him to miss the last two, but we don't know that for sure. For uh, for the point guards, Butler is listed as a point guard for some reason. He's at 8,200. If we do, do hear he's playing, I, I like that a lot. While D'Angelo Russell at 86 also looks like he could be a 40-point guy. I'm just not massively keen on Russell at that marginally elevated salary. Jarrett Culver's a no. Goran Dragic at 63 is a yes if Butler plays. Sorry, is yes if Butler sits. If Butler plays, then probably hard to get Dragic involved. Kendrick Nunn, similarly, at 6,100, that is a shit ton to pay for him. But if Butler's out, he probably reaches that mark. At shooting guard, Malik Beasley's at 5,900. I like it. He hasn't even been playing that well, and he's still getting 30 a night, so that's a good option for me. While the spur dunk Robinson at 52 is a little bit too high. Hakogi at 42, no. And Igadala at 37, no thank you either. For your small forwards, Keelan Martin's been playing well, really well, in fact. He's at 3,100. I don't really hate it. Uh, especially with the role that he's been given and given 22, 23 uh, fantasy points a night in about 20 minutes. But I'm also not super interested in him as a DFS guy. While Jay Crowder at 59, look, the numbers for him are all right, especially if Butler is out. But if Butler plays, that would be a no from me. Same goes for Derek Jones, who even if Butler plays, I'm not massively into it. 
for your big man, Bam Adebayo at 9,000. If Jimmy's out, I love it. If Jimmy comes back, I still like it. I just don't love it as much. While Naz Reed's at 5,700, probably just for tournaments, given his uh, propensity to foul. And Wancho's at 4,700. I don't want that one. James Johnson's up to 5,300 because he's playing well. He's averaging 29 over the last three. He's getting minutes at center and power forward. I think he can be like a, a high 20s guy. 5,300 is probably a little bit on the high side, though, for James Johnson. Um, and uh, Kelly Olenek and Chris Silva probably not going to uh, matter too much, I wouldn't think. Next game, we take a look at the Orlando Magic uh, and the Atlanta Hawks. The Magic on the road are two and a half point favorites, and the total is 227. DeAndre Hunter is probable, as is Dwayne Dedman, and Gary Clark is probable for Orlando. At point guard, Trey Young's at 10,400. Yes, the matchup's are a marginal negative going up against the Magic, but I look at uh, Trey as a pretty strong bet at that $10,400 price point. Jeff Teague, no thank you. DJ Augustin, low minutes, no thanks either. While Markel Fultz is too highly priced at 59. For your shooting guards, Cammy Reddish, really poor last game, had some hamstring problems. He's at 4,500, an interesting tournament guy, but that's it. While Fournier is the opposite, more of a cash player at 6,000. He's giving you 30 a night against a really easy defense, but upside is probably a little bit limited there. Terry Ross is always for tournaments, and Fanta Pants Kevin Hurd is at 5,500. He has not been playing well, but he's still getting mid to high 20s in points, which at 5,500 is not far off the mark. I think he's an interesting tournament guy. Jimmy Ennis is at 3,400. He played 27 minutes for 22 points last time out. And at 3,400, that is worth a flyer. It's not the strongest option, but it is worth a look. While DeAndre Hunter at 49, I actually like him for cash and for tournaments. For your big men, Nikola Vucevic, 9,500. Absolutely, like he should be a 50-point sort of a guy here. The Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman, is a tournament player because he can't stay out of foul trouble. But if he does uh, beat through that number with a $500 price drop, then he really, really looks, uh, looks the goods. While Bumba and Bruno Fernando, not going to work. Aaron Gordon at 7,800. He is averaging over 50 points in his last three. It's coming on a lot of stuff which feels unsustainable. But given the nature of the matchup here, I think Gordo is at least an option for us. Probably more for tournament. Tournaments, and then you've got the Baptist Johnny Collins at 87. I'd take Gordon over Collins just because I'm saving almost $1,000 between uh, between those two guys. Let's go on to the next game now, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Houston Rockets. The Grizzlies are, of course, going to be without Jaron Jackson Jr. and now without Brandon Clark, so their front court is in disarray. At point guard, uh, Russell Westbrook should be back also for Houston, while Eric Gordon is questionable. At point guard, the wave pool, De'Anthony Mountains at 4,000. I have no interest in that. Tyus Jones, similarly, while Westbrook at 10-1, he should really be able to drop a 50 pretty comfortably here. So I like that. Morant's at 71, and he is averaging a paltry 19 DraftKings points in his last three games. Is there an opportunity for him to be better here? Well, yes, he averages 44 against Houston so far in his career, so that's excellent, but really only for tournaments. While uh, Jimmy Harden's at 11-3, he should be you know, close to a 60-point guy with uh, with value. Austin Rivers, probably not. At shooting guard, Dylan Brooks has been absolutely atrocious, averaging 15 over the last five. I have no interest in using him. Eric Gordon, similarly as well. While Johnny Concha, 25 points in 18 minutes last time for Concha. He is a guy that racks him up right across the board. I'm not advocating him as being an option here, but there are going to be minutes available and he can put up numbers. So just a name to keep in your mind if you're looking for a weird differentiator. Bobby Covington's at 6,200. He's getting 30 a night through weird ways, blocks sometimes, threes, steals. Uh, I do like Covington here in the matchup is a a strong one. Well, Joshy Jackson at 45, I also think he's going to have a pretty good opportunity with both Clark and Jaron out. So uh, Josh at 4,500, I think he's in play. For your, uh, well, you got your Dan House and your Kyle Anderson. I, I don't care for that. 
Gorgie Jen, 5,200, absolutely in on it. He had uh, 28 minutes, 39 points last game. He's going to have to probably start next to Jonas Valanciunas. Absolutely in on him as a great, great play here. PJ Tucker at 37 isn't, or Jonas is at 6,900. Giggity! Valanciunas' production has been way down, and 6,900 is too expensive. I do think he'll be better than he has been, but he won't be that good. While Jeff Green and Jordan Bell, uh, Jordan Bell revenge game, uh, they're not going to be too big a factors in this game, I don't believe. Next up, the Dallas Mavericks and the San Antonio Spurs. No spread available for this one. Willie Cauley-Stein has missed the last couple due to a personal issue. Uh, he's been out of the rotation anyway, so I don't think we really need to be caring there. But what we do know is that LaMarcus Aldridge is out for San Antonio. At point guard, Pat Mills is at 3,300. He always has those random games where he goes off. Uh, you can't trust him in cash, but there's always some GPP value. While uh, Jose Juan Barea at 3,900. Big minutes coming for him with Brunson out. Well, big enough minutes for him to at least have an impact. Yeah, not a bad cash guy to get you around 20 points. While Doncic at 10-3 looks to be in a good spot here. Maximum Derek White and DeJounte Murray. Almost impossible to trust them. And same with DeLon Wright. Shooting guard, DeMars at 7,000. I think he smashes through that with uh, with the absence of Aldridge. That is a, a really good option to me. While Timmy Hardaway just can't miss at the moment, averaging 37 over his last five. But that price is all the way up to 6,800. That is probably on the uh, too high side. At small forward, Gaze at 3,300. He could see some extra minutes with Aldridge out, maybe just for tournaments. He did have a really big game last time, 27 in 18 minutes, but that's hard to really trust. While Finney Smith is not going to get it done. Big men, Jakob Pertl. This is the play of the day to me. 3,200 for Pertl. He should start in place of Aldridge. He should approach 30 minutes, and he should be able to get yeah, 25 points pretty comfortably. Absolute lock cash of the day to me. While Trey Lyles gets another opportunity at 3,800 to at least be in your tournament pool of players. Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis. He's at 8,300. Maybe a bit on the high side in what could be a blowout without Aldridge, while Maxi Kleber, not the guy that uh, we're looking for. Some whispers that maybe Lucas Samanich gets some minutes here for San Antonio. He's not going to be a DFS guy, but at least be good to see him on the court for once. The Clippers and the Suns. The Clippers are five and a half point favorites here, and the total is 233. Kelly Oubre is out due to a knee issue, so that is obviously interesting. I've been talking about how his struggles have been there recently, so maybe it is the knee. Booker's at 7,900. Absolutely lock that in. Love that one there. While Paddy Beverly's at 39 and uh, not interested in him. Ravishing Rick Rubio, 6,900. Giggity. Is there a more appropriate price for a more appropriate player? Rubio is averaging big, big numbers, 49 over his last three. Now, the matchups are a bit of a negative going up against the Clippers, but with how Rubio is playing, he's at least worth a look, probably not a lock sort of guy, while Lou Williams, with everyone healthy, is not the guy to use, nor is Reggie Jackson or Ali Kobo At shooting guard, McCall Bridges, he's probably going to get some increased offensive low, but at 4,400, I still don't see him as being an absolute must-roster guy here. Uh, while Landry Shamet at 4,100, not enough to interest me. Sharich at 32 and Cameron Johnson at 33. They could pick up some of the Ubre slack. So I think either one of those guys is worthy of a tournament. Look, it'd probably be Sharich to me over Johnson, but I wouldn't feel great about them in cash. While the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's at 9,800. I think we can do better than that. And I wouldn't want to use Paul George at 8,000 as he returns from his hamstring problem. Same with Marcus Morris at 5,000, who's just not getting it done. On to your big men. Aiton's at 8,100. I think he can at least push towards 40, which gives him some value here. Baines is a no-go. Montrez Harrell at 58, I think he's a good tournament option. While Zubats, it's really hard to get excited about him in DFS, especially with how Doc Rivers has been running that center rotation. The last game of the night is the Boston Celtics. 
and the Utah Jazz. No totals or spreads out for this one at the moment. The Celtics on a back-to-back. Mike Conley was trash last game. He is at $5,000. I think it's worthy to get back on that. It was a really poor game, but prior to that, he'd been good. That's a cheap price. Yeah, for Conley. Well, Don Mitchell's at $7,600. He's Don. He's good. I have to like that one as well. Marcus Smart at 62 with Kemba Walker likely to be uh, or going to be out again given his knee problem. Smart at 62 has some good cash floor value. Want to make a no thanks while Clarkson's at 55. He was disappointing last time out for Utah. Um, 5,500 is not crazy, but I think we can do better. At shooting guard, Brown is at 6,700, the hi-fi. JB, you've done it again. I like that with Kemba out. Joe Ingles, no thank you. Uh, and then on to your small forwards. Boyan Bogdanovich is at 63. There are all better ways of doing that. 74 on Gordon Haywood, maybe. 88 on Jason Tatum. Yes, with how he's playing, I absolutely love that. Now, the matchup is a problem here for, for Tatum, but I still think that he's at least worth a look over those other guys. On to your big men. Daniel Tice at 5,000. Not a bad cash guy. Well, uh, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. 8,100 for Gobert. Um, yeah, I don't mind it. I think we can find better center options. It's okay. It's definitely not in my best mix of guys. Enes Cantor and Tony Bradley. No, thank you. All right, let's look at how things uh, shape up over on Fangio. Pirtle and Jeng, the absolute uh, bells of the ball over there. Joshy Jackson, DeMar DeRozan, James Ennis, Josh Richardson, Al Horford, Dinwiddie, Naz Reed, Terry Rozier, Jarrett Allen, Ja Morant, Levert, the Hi-Fi Jalen Brown, Kevin Porter, uh, Rowan Barrett, Johnny Collins, Malik Monk, and Trey Young all have some significant appeal over there. That'll do it for me today, guys. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Tweet at me at redrock underscore beeble or comment on the Instagram post. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. JJ Reddick.